0: Diversity and inclusivity in the modeling industry is a topic that's been discussed at length. But in order to have a really broad and deep and well-informed conversation, you need to have the right people around the table. So that's why we asked Ivan Bart, Joan Smalls, and Harry Neff to speak with BOF's very own Tim Blanks to discuss why and how the modeling industry has faced these problems over so many years and to give us a reality check that the problems are far from solved. So here's a talk from Voices 2016 with Ivan Bart, Joan Smalls, Harry Neff on fashion's missed opportunity. Just a quick note, this conversation was recorded live in front of an audience. So please excuse any audio issues. Well I think uh, we can just pick up where James
1: left off um, and uh, with each of the people on the stage I would like them to personalize uh, the experiences they've had of, uh, uh, in, in, in the fashion industry of the various forms of discrimination that, um, that uh, James is talking about. But Ivan I'd like to start with you because you're, you're an agent and you will have a clear idea of, of, from your time in the industry of what is wrong and what
2: needs to be made right? Well, first I'd like to um, uh, say how much you know that impassioned plea from James, I mean, working for me for 30 years in the industry to work, that's a privilege to work with someone so impassioned that, that they're brought to tears. Um, my job, however, is to fight against it. So, I mean, that's why um, you know, models have managers, and we're we're there to fight the battles of um, what needs to be done and addressed. And you know, whether it's about the amount of time they're on set or getting them food to eat, uh, IMG models. We we have amassed an army of people to you know deal with children turning into adults. I've had the privilege also to represent uh, women that were young, um, two of which are above me, Carolyn Murphy and Amber Valletta, and into their adult lives, into having children, and I've had that privilege too. So I've had a lot of mixed stories, um, but I really feel like this is a wonderful moment and an opportunity, and our company has embraced the idea of diversity, inclusion, evolution. I put that on my social media all the time, and I think I'm just gonna finish one statement because I haven't even answered your question. But I, I think I just want to say is that I feel like I'm I'm at a moment right now where I had listened to the industry ask me what they wanted and I have an opportunity now to tell you what you need. And that's gonna be my job going forward.
1: The the picture that James painted is is it is it a familiar one to you? Do you feel what he was talking about is prevalent?
2: Well, you know, there's a lot of stories out there, and, um, and again, we have to manage these situations. Um, you know, I've addressed people, I've addressed photographers and designers, um, but all I can do is sign talent, get behind them, and push. And, and you know, we're sitting here today too. I'm sitting with two of our star talent, I'm so proud of both of them, and there's... Shining examples, and even just sitting here in England right now, Ashley Graham is on the cover of British Vogue, she's a size 16. And all of this doesn't happen because they called IMG and said, Hi, we'd like to book Hari, Joan, (laughs) Ashley, you name it. It was, the Ashley Graham story was definitely a 36 month program of really trying to knock down the door and say, industry, please let's address size. Size matters. Uh, and it's also interesting that, you know, most people going into um, a lot of luxury brands, I can't, I, if I go in, I could get a watch and a shoe. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to walk out wearing a suit. So I think the industry has an opportunity right now to address size um, and, uh, and diversity in general. And again, I'm sitting uh, right here. I'm in the middle of two amazing people with very authentic, interesting stories, and they interested us to represent them.
1: Uh, The the key, of course, is that with the Vogue cover with a size 16 woman, that that isn't just the one cover that they do for the next however many years with a size 16 woman. Joan, your experience is really interesting because you're a Latina Mm -hmm. who is thought of as as a black woman just as black yeah you straddle Um, does that mean you suffer two kinds of discrimination or
3: basically yeah um it's interesting because of my background i come from an interracial family and my household has every different shade and my world i've always seen it as inclusive so coming to new york and making a career out of modeling they reminded me what we see you as not who i identified with and that was like a personal struggle when people try to classify you as something that you don't classify yourself as. I'm like, I am black, I am Afro-Caribbean, I am Latina. I'm proud of each one of my heritage and I embrace it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's part of a diverse world. Like That is the world I see. And I feel like brands have to be more open-minded and mindful when they choose their cast, because they do hold a social responsibility to the world to represent their consumers in media, in ads, in movies, in this industry. Um, You know, you should be reflective of the world you live in. You know, I look at this crowd, beautiful faces from different backgrounds, and that's the world I see. So when I see a runway with all the same models that are just cloned, I'm like, Is that your beauty? Is that your world? You know, it's very one sided and bland. Um, And I feel as well whenever I do jobs, I'm not doing it just for myself. I'm doing it because I want a girl in a different part of a country to see herself in me or somebody in the runway and has a familiar face and has a hope and a dream and an expectation that she can also, you know, strive for greatness and not, oh, that doesn't look like me so therefore I can't fit in. You know, it's, it, we need to stop trying to fit in to a category and just embrace us as a whole.
1: You know what James was talking about, the anonymity of, of models, this, in, this sort of enforced anonymity. Once upon a time there were personalities and, and that is something that people talk about a lot, the, mm-hmm. the, the sort of the, the loss of personality in the modeling industry, you're a modeling personality you mm-hmm. are a face and a name that people are familiar with mm-hmm. uh, does that not help you does that hind- or does oh, that hinder you or does that help you
3: completely it's hindered me for certain jobs when the stylist comes around, you can't speak because if you do, they feel like you're being disrespectful and all the girls are so scared that they're so afraid to be themselves. And here comes Joan being loud and outspoken and being my Puerto Rican self. I'm not gonna change who I am because you don't feel comfortable within yourself or with others. So my individuality sometimes, it help, it has helped my career Tremendously and I've been very grateful and very fortunate at the same time, but I've seen other instances where it works against me Um, but I like it. I like the challenge because it reminds me to continue Pushing and striving and knowing that that one person's opinion is not gonna stop me whatsoever. But what do you
1: think about an industry that elevates a killjoy like that over somebody like you, who comes in full of life, and suddenly you being full of life is a threat mm-hmm. to this person? I mean, and, I feel and, it's and all in a position about position to deny your mm-hmm. work. I mean, it's that fear
3: seems, and control, and yeah, control. you know, thank God, you know, I study psychology, so it's kind of easier for me to break people down and like understand and see, you know, their intention or like how to work within that. Um, it's just unfortunate and it's quite sad that you, that's the way you feel. And like James said before, I came into this industry because I wanted to dream and I saw these pages and I wanted to be that girl that like became that persona and it was like acting in silence and then you get to behind closed doors and you realize that sometimes that's not the case and it's quite sad at times. Um, But then there are those people that are very passionate and are willing to give you an opportunity and want to see you grow. Uh, So at the same time, we have a good balance within those people. And the people that you find that are like that, you got to stick with and, you know, show that equal support. And I'm all about that. You show me support and I see that, I will give it but then sometimes people jump on bandwagons and just do things because it's just cool for the season and forget the next season, the message that they were trying to send, because it was, you know, a fad.
1: Well, that's, that, that's something that Hari w- is, is probably very well equipped to talk about as a trans woman, that, that you, you've, you've experienced this discrimination, but there are, uh, you're also in a vanguard, so there's a different kind of spotlight on you as well.
4: Right, I I think that as this awareness about diversity in casting has sort of entered the fore, particularly in the past couple years in regard to social justice and identity politics, there's been this subdivision of fashion bookings that has emerged which almost fetishizes diversity, pursues diversity as an end. It's not like you can just be a model, it's like you have to be a trans model or a black model or a latina model and you know they kind of bring you in and it's like diversity day and then you go home and i and D- diversity day is cool diversity day like essentially pays my bills but diversity day <laughs> isn't it's 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 never a blue chip campaign it's never a contract or rarely a contract it's 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 sometimes it's like a social media thing or it's it's just some it's never it never really bridges the gap between you know the hyper rarefied space of a top booking and just throwing this nominal diversity in so the brand can say they did it
1: now you were talking before about the difference between diversity and inclusion So I'd I'd love you to uh, explain that a little bit.
4: Well, that was what DeRay brought up today, which blew my mind and articulated so succinctly something that I've been wrestling with. Like, just bringing people in and including them does not lend itself to, like, building a new interface for fashion that is inclusive in a sustainable way. It does not shift the paradigm. It does not take into account the people who are being included. It's very difficult to fit yourself into this mold that wasn't built for you. These samples that weren't built for you, these visual contexts that weren't built for you. I think there needs to be a greater awareness invested in who wears the clothes and why they are being included, not just we're going to you know we're throwing you into the same thing that all the other girls did and hopefully you do as good as them They're, like there shouldn't be this universal merit every talent needs to be evaluated on his her or their own terms and who is doing
1: the evaluation the stylist the designer the the brand the owners of the brand yeah, I mean, all who of, do you ima- who do you imagine
4: all of the above i mean james sort of outlined the system very well like it's it's kind you know the, those casting directors are the gatekeepers the agents in ways are the gatekeepers? There's always been this ping pong thing about like who is to blame the agents, the cat, but like it, it, it's kind of, you know, the casting it's kind of everybody. Um, I I think I, I think it starts maybe at the agencies.
2: Well, you know I think you know there's a, everyone likes to play the blame game, and I I don't right. think this is about finger pointing. I really think it's about all of us coming together in a community and realizing that through diversity. And through the imagery of fashion, we can create social change. Because when that young person is sitting at home, reading Vogue, Glamour, or whatever magazine, and they're fantasizing, and they see themselves, they see Hari, they see Joan, they see age, they see China Machado and Lauren Hutton, and they see diversity, there's there's a sense that I belong and until the industry really embraces that we could sit here and finger point all day long but we all have to come together and say as a community and stop blaming each other because we're in we're in this community and it is a great community because the one thing that James said he came here because we're creative we fantasize we could create fantasy so we should all just come together and really understand we have an opportunity and I want to be positive about that.
1: The coming together is the challenge. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems to me the world is just about to enter a period where everything, all the freedoms that have been so hard won over the, over the last few decades are about to be either uh, reduced or, cur- or curtailed in some way. This, this means that as representatives of the uh, I, I won't even say minorities, but the groups that have been singled out for um, uh, you know, various reasons over the political discourse in the last year, in the last few years, are, are ver- they're very, they're very well not well represented in fashion, but they are highly profiled in fashion with this diversity issue. It seems to me that that this could be that could be the sort of coming together that there's a, this outside threat which usually brings people together and it also politicizes everything how do you feel about that like all of you like as a as a black/latina as a trans woman and as an agent who is responsible for bringing and bringing people into the business and shaping their careers as models how do you feel about um the
2: politicizing that I think is going to have to happen. I'm just going to begin and then I'll let my my talents speak because they should. Um, I'm just going to say that after I got over the depression of the... um, that we're not going to have a first female president and also what potentially could be a setback. After I got over that depression, I got re-energized in the fact that this is an opportunity again. and I started reading... um, stuff on Coretta Scott King to never, ever take for granted that civil rights is going to be something that you can't keep working at. And so I feel also I have an opportunity as I remain in this industry to keep pushing, opening doors for others, knocking down. If they say no, you just go back again. And so I think this is going to be a great time. And I think for the millennials who might have taken for granted that that Hillary was going to win or, you know, even that Brexit wouldn't happen is that in order for if you want something you're gonna to have to work for it
1: how do you feel about about that uh, this notion of, of, of actually you were talking about being put into a position where you are a figurehead and and that is that's a slightly it's a difficult position to be in because it's it's not necessarily something that you chose for yourself particularly how do you how do you see the the future f- for you as a trans woman in fashion
4: um. Well, to to be fair, my future in fashion is at the mercy of all of you, in a way. I have, in certain ways, created my own bookings and my own opportunities, but I'm I'm, I'm talent, I'm a model, I'm an actor, I get cast. And it's been said many times today, fashion is a powerful industry with a real clout in terms of informing the public what is respectable what is beautiful what is sexy what is clean what is aspirational we have the power to do that and with a current sitting vice president who has advocated electroshock therapy in the past for lgbt youth with a presidential candidate who has i mean a president-elect who has committed to um pay off legal bills for his followers who have threatened violence against people of color at rallies, with all of this taken into account, like fashion can actually sort of swoop in and while all of that is maybe happening, we can send a different message. That sounds very kumbaya and very idealistic, but it actually mm-hmm. is so easy as calling up Ivan and being like, we want this person, this person, and this person, mm-hmm. and, then you, and then you shoot it. Mm-hmm. All representation is not inherently good representation, but if you do your homework and stay in touch with the folks who you are representing, you can send extremely positive, empowering messages to a luxury consumer base that is waiting for you to tell them who's okay.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's...
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's why you'll go on being such a great spokesperson.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Joan, what do you, you, you talked before about, about a, ref, a responsibility of... of there, are, there are so many f- dozens, hundreds, hundreds, thousands probably of, of girls who look at you and say, that is who I would like to be. Do you feel that more acutely now, now than you've ever felt before? Um, I mean, you just came from the Victoria's Secret show in Paris, <laughs> so there's that, which is a kind of a, a banner job. Yeah. Um, how do you translate that kind of profile into sort of activist I mean, sensibility?
3: I feel like now, I've always had it in me. Like whenever I booked a job or booked a campaign, I was not only doing it because, oh, I got another job, Joe, go ahead. And my family's super proud and I can save money. It was never about that. It was also about the door that I might be leaving open for the girls behind me. Like, I remember when I started and I would be in a fashion show, I was the only non-white. And I would look at the board and I would, it was like, I'm happy that I'm here because I'm very grateful. Like you said, we're at the mercy of others to book a job. So I am very grateful for that opportunity. But then at the same time, I'm like, damn, I went to the casting, I saw a lot of beautiful women that fit a di- different description. Why are they not here? Why are they not being represented? They are your consumer, so why not paint that beautiful picture? And I feel like the designers is not only about doing a beautiful collection, it's about putting a positive message and making that social you know, responsibility your effort. I'm sure you have a lot on your plate, but there's so much you can do and such a huge impact with something so simple, being more mindful and being more aware of what's happening in your house. And when brands cast and book a girl for... I've always had a struggle trying to get a hair campaign. It's mind-boggling. I've been on options. And they dropped me the last minute and the excuse was we were afraid to try something new. And by new, they meant we've never shot a black girl.
1: We were talking about China, you know, a huge new market where you get moved out of the photograph when you're doing a group photograph.
3: Oh, yeah. For campaigns, it's like, okay, so Joan will do this region. But then in the group shot, Joan, you are excluded because, you don't sell, you don't fit in that quota, it's not, it it is so sad that it becomes about numbers instead of about human and your identity, about sales, you know, like, where do we come, where is that human contact, that touch, that emotion? It's gone, you know? It's just mind-boggling at times, and, you know, when James was speaking, it touched me so much because he's so passionate, and we've had many conversations about the same subject, and you see we take one step forward, two steps back, and it's a conversation that's going to continue. I want to get to a point where it's not a conversation anymore, and it's the norm, that we don't have to start talking about it. You're like, oh, it's... You know, okay, so what? You know, and that it's not just for fashion and to make a statement.
2: Ivan, do you think I mean, that day could come? Well, you know, I think um, with social media and the internet, I mean, we are a global community. I'm actually looking at this beautiful audience, too. It is the most diverse, mm-hmm. fabulous-looking audience. And and I, and I want to say some good news, too, because, yes, let's, let's call out on the good news, on Victoria's Secret or Estee Lauder, who you've been the spokesperson for. And, you know, like... Uh, every every Monday, WME has a, um, a staff meeting, and I, I wanted to talk about Victoria's Secret. And we had 18 models in that show, and I, we had the headshots up. And I looked at this wonderful mosaic, and I have to say that whatever you think about the brand or whatever ideas you have, that cast was one of the most diverse, fantastic casts, um, uh, and 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 that's something that's, that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. And, they, and they, they were all women that had great personalities and they all owned the runway. And, they, and it, it kind of brought us back to a time when, when models had that voice. And um, so it was a great show and that's a good thing. Does that feel rare? Does, does that feel rare or does it feel like a glimpse of the future? I hope it's a glimpse of the future. And like I said, as I'm still around, I'm gonna make it <laughs> that way. And I'm also gonna address age and uh, gender because I think there's a great opportunity for men right now to be real men and uh, for, you know, gender fluidity, for size. I really think that this is a great opportunity when I hear the industry say, we're not making money. Offer more sizes. If we have size diversity, you might make some money. Do you have a last word, Hari?
4: I'm just so happy to be here. (laughs)
0: Voices is a completely different kind of fashion industry gathering, bringing together the movers, shakers, and trailblazers of fashion, and uniting them with the big thinkers, entrepreneurs, and inspiring people who are shaping the wider world. Through a program of provocative talks, interactive discussions, and unforgettable activities, Voices sparks new ideas and solves real-world challenges by connecting fashion industry leaders and entrepreneurs with visionaries from fields as diverse as science, technology, health and wellness, food, film, politics, the arts, philosophy, and philanthropy. Before we start, Voices will be happening again in December 2017. If you like this talk, please do save the date and look out for more information at businessoffashion.com slash voices for more details. Thanks for listening to the Business of Fashion podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and subscribe today.